I'm not going to be before you long. I know uh, sometimes where Brother Urshan's not in, you have some people that's a little disappointed. <laughs> I pray and trust that I have a word for you. I'm not going to be Brother Urshan tonight, but I have a word for you tonight. Amen. I thank God. Um, I didn't have a lot of notice for this. Uh, they asked me within 24 hours, not even 24 hours ago. But we have given, we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. And not only do the world need to be reconciled with Jesus, but we have to stay in his, in his face and in his throne constantly. So being a minister of the reconciliation between God and man is not that hard to come up with something or have something that the Lord impressed on my heart to share. Uh, if you could turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting at the ninth verse. I'm going to do a lot of reading tonight, take my time. If you have a say, man. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Look at your neighbor and say, whether it be good or bad. If you could turn with me one more passage of scripture, Revelations 20, beginning at the 11th verse this evening. If you have a say, amen. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, Stand before God. And the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were all judged, every man, according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you give me clarity of mind and Clarity of speech, Lord God. I ask that you give me something to feed these thy people, Lord God. That came out to hear a word for tonight, Lord God. I ask that you give me the mind and the, and the heart to deliver it as I hear from you, Lord God. As you deliver it to me, Lord God, I ask, Lord God, let me have clarity of mind and clarity of speech this evening. Lord, I ask that this seed be planted on the hearts of your people. Lord God, I ask that it will lead us closer to you, Lord God, to seek your face in this last and evil day. God, in all these things I pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm not, this is Wednesday night, I'm not going to preach too much. I'm going to try to go over a lot of scriptures and I won't call it teaching, but uh, I do have a title of what I want to speak about, and that is Final Exam. Final Exam. I read two portions of scripture tonight because among theologians and, you know, people that study their Bible 
You have people that believe in eternal security and people that believe in once saved, always saved. They debate whether or not what type of judgment the believer is going to go through. And they believe that it's a judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne judgment. And I'm not coming tonight to try to be deep or theological and get, you know, a, a, a frame on the wall or anything like that tonight. But I'm covering both of them because one thing for sure, we all will stand before Christ and give an account one day. The Bible is sure of that. In the book of Corinthians, he's writing to the church, telling them whether we present or absent. We want to labor that we may be accepted by him. It's a lot of times walking this Christian journey, we put on a mask and put our best clothes on on Sunday and we put a front on for everybody that, you know, we shake hands and say praise the Lord and we meet in the vestibule and talk about how good the word was and the music. But we have to be acceptable to him. Some people come to church just to be seen to say, I was there or be a part or, you know, just to be a part of some type of social club. But they do that to be accepted by the pastor or maybe bishop or somebody else or family members. But my goal tonight is to convince you to you don't have to be accepted by nobody else but him. Finally. It's good. I'm glad that my pastor can say some good things about me and I'm glad my brothers can say some good things about me. And yes, we have lights that we should let it shine, but my final goal is for Jesus to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Now, me growing up in the apostolic doctrine in Pentecost, I can't tell you the first time I heard about the coming of the Lord. That was something that was common to me. I, I've heard about God, the Lord Jesus Christ, cracking that sky as far as back as I can remember. Probably before I can even say it myself, I heard these things. And the thing about that is, is, is I remember uh, I would come upstairs and my grandmother and them be in the kitchen cooking. And, and, and you know, some family members be watching TV or something and I go back downstairs, a few hours later I come back and Nobody would be there. And, and in the back of my mind, I'm looking around, just making sure I ain't missed the rapture. <laughs> That's of Pentecostal. But it, it, it stirs some type of fear in you, knowing that one day you are going to meet your maker. One day he can crack the sky at any moment. And will you be ready? The Bible says that he's coming back for a church without a spot or wrinkle. And I heard somebody say before, a wrinkle that, that shows that you've been sitting down too long. You know, if you want to be sharp, you take your jacket off if you sit down. But if you sit down too long, your suit jacket will get wrinkles in it. Your dress will get wrinkles in it. The Lord wants somebody that's active in his church. He wants somebody that's doing something for the Lord. Amen. And then he said, without a spot. Not a stain, but a spot. A lot of people live their life comfortable to know that, okay, I ain't getting in no mess. I'm staying away from that mess. But don't you know if you get too close to that mess, it'll splatter. And it'll leave spots all over you. But we got to stay clear from mess and from lackadaisical, being just complacent saints. He's coming back to see if we're working and if we're clean, sanctified. Hey Amen. I always tell the teens, he put one devil out, he ain't going to let another devil in. And here we see that the Bible talks about us standing before God in judgment. Great, small, People from all ages, people from all pedigrees, people from the poorhouse or the penthouse. Great and small, he's seen them all standing before this throne. 
And the Bible says that heaven and earth tried to flee from his presence. But there was no place for them. And he looked and examined every work that was written in the book. Don't you know everything that you do is in the book? Amen? And I want to tell somebody, everything that you need is in this book for you to make your name in that book. Amen? But there's going to be an examination going on. The Bible talks about how our works will be tried by fire. Jesus laid the foundation, but what we put upon that will be tried by fire. Whether it be stable or hay or clay or would it be things that's not combustible, they will be tried by fire. But the way we build upon a foundation, people justify. We have a, a, mark, a, a markable way of justifying the things that we do. You know, people gossip and they talk and run somebody down, but they don't consider it gossip because they started off with, we need to pray for such and such. <laughs> they having some problems. They marriage. I heard that. He doing that and she doing that or, you know, she ain't cooking right. She burning, the, you know, and they will, you can cover up and justify what you're doing. But when your, when your sin is uncovered, it's a mistake. Lord, forgive me. I got to forgive me. But when somebody else do it, it's sin. And we're quick to judge. But the Bible says in Proverbs Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the heart. In Proverbs 14, it says, there's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. Jeremiah let us know that the heart is deceitful above all things. And desperately wicked. Who can know it? Now for the Bible to say your heart is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. That means your heart can trick you out of things. And have you believe in things that the devil can't have you believe in things. A lot of us like to blame the devil on some things. But it's some things that's in our heart that has deceived us to make it seem like, oh, it's okay. God will understand. And, and, you know, here in this 21st century church, the number one thing you hear is, God knows my heart. And I'm glad he does know it because he tells me in his word, your heart is deceitful and above all things and, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? We can't tame our own tongue and we can't know the pure depths of our own heart. But how many people thank God for the Holy Ghost this evening? For the spirit of God that empowers us. Hallelujah. In 2 Corinthians 13, Paul tells the Corinthians to examine themselves. Whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves. Know ye not your own self? How that Christ is in you? Except you be reprobate. Now reprobate, that's a dangerous word. That's a dangerous ground of to tread upon. The, the literal definition for reprobate is disqualification, to, to be disqualified. How would you not know if Christ is in you or not? Some people will hop around and jump around and speak in some type of tongues and leave here and live in the filth of sin and refuse to change. Now, I'm not talking about struggle. If you're struggling, that, 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 that's, that's producing strength. But if you're just wallowing in your mire like the, 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 the pig do after you clean it up, you might be a reprobate. May God help you. In 1 Corinthians 11, Paul tells the Corinthians, if 
For if we judge ourselves, we shall not be judged. You know how the airport in different states, you have fast lanes where you can get through. If you continue to ask God to shine your light from heaven on my soul, if you look at this perfect law of liberty and, 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 and be, let your mind be conformed to it, let your words be conformed to it, not to this world, if you continue to, 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 to keep your eyes off of other people and look inward and ask God to help you, he said we will not be judged. And limitation is God pleased with them and say, let us search and try our ways and turn again to the Lord. I learned a long time ago that if you're not moving towards God, you're drifting. There's no anchor. You, you can't be still in this thing. You're either getting closer or you're drifting. I hear people say, oh, man, if I had that fire like I did when I first got saved. Or if I could just get back to that place. That's evidence of you have backslid. You are in a backslidden state. But I think God said, God said I'm married to you. He has made a covenant with you. And all you have to do is just turn again to the Lord. At Haggai 1, it says, 5 and 7, it says, Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Ye have much and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye are clothed with, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. When you stand before that throne, you can't say, God, I know I want that church as much as I should be, but I, I had to work. Uh, I had to make ends meet. You know, I, I, I had to go do this and I had to go do that. But the book of Ecclesiastes let us know it's like chasing the wind. You can get all you can get out this world. It will never be enough. Don't let nothing in this world deter you or distract you from doing the will of God. Consider your ways. If it's anything that's in your life that's hindering you from doing God's will, money. You can earn as much as you want. It's like the Bible says, putting all your wages in a bag with a hole in it. It's like trying to hold water in your hand. It's not worth the consequences. It's not worth trying to stand before that holy God and give an account for your time that's wasted. In the book of Peter, 2 Peter 3 and 10, it says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the, which the heavens shall pass away, with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. I see why the book of Revelation said the earth and heavens tried to hide. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and in godliness? What manner of persons ought we be living holy in godliness. If we see that all that our hands do here in this world is going to be dissolved, burnt, noise, gone, why would you spend all your time toiling, building your hopes on things here that's temporal, and all it's going to take is God to step out on a cloud and all that is going to be gone? And you're standing before God with nothing. Consider your ways, saints. Consider your ways. And it says, looking for the hasten unto the coming of, our God, of, the, of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth when dwelleth the righteous.
We got to be righteous. We got to stand before a righteous God. And in order to, be, to get to that new heaven and new earth, we got to have a new mind. Behold, all things passed away, and behold, all things are new. And I'm not talking about just, just because I go to church Sunday morning. I'm talking about in my walk, in my talk, the places I go, the people I be around. Behold, all things are new. Hallelujah. In the book of Hebrews, the ninth chapter and the 27th verse, it says, And as it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. There's two appointments that we all must keep. There's two appointments that we all must keep. And that's death and judgment. What are we doing to equip ourselves for them time? I'm reminded, I remember watching a spacecraft get shot up to orbit the earth. And you stand there and it's a countdown. It's a clock. It's a countdown. And as soon as when that clock hits zero, it blasts off. It is sin. It's gone. Don't you know, once we was born, it was a clock, a star clock, a countdown. And no matter when, when that clock is ran out, when the clock is up, when the time is, is wound all up, we are going to go up. I heard somebody say the rapture happens every day for somebody. I know we've been preaching about raptures for over 2,000 years now. Jesus is coming. The rapture happens for somebody every day. The snatching away. Seems like when we least suspect it, somebody gets snatched away. But what are we doing to tell this world that you can stand before a holy God and have clean hands? You can stand before God and have an account. To say, I died to self. I was buried in his name. I received his spirit. It's not I that live, but Christ that lives in me. John writes in the 12th chapter, if any man hear my words, Jesus say, if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. For I come not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejecteth me, he receiveth not my words. He hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. A lot of us, we can jump around pretty good and speak in tongue and lay hands and come to the altar and cry. But this is what we have to measure up to. Not one another. But this is what we have to measure up to. This is the book that's going to get thrown at us. This is what we're going to have to look at and, and, and examine ourselves to make sure we up to par, up to code. How can we do that if we ain't studying our word? I look out today and see a lot of empty seats. We got to pray for people. Pray that God send a revival that, for the love of God's word. We can sing, we can preach, and we can, we can send you home happy. But if you don't have this word down in your heart, the, David said, I, this word I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. We got to have a revival of hiding the world back in our hearts. Yes, Lord. James tell us, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. It's a lot of people that will come and hear a word, critique it. Oh, he broke that down and did this and did that, but never apply it. I'm seeing a generation of saints that's almost entertained by 
by the, the skills of, of the preachers of how they can deliver and the different methods of breaking different stories down. And I'm seeing saints almost entertained by that. I know saints that can quote scripture back and forth, but their life is not demonstrating that. With their lips they serve him, but their heart is far from him. We can't deceive ourselves. That go back to the, that's the issue of the heart. Because I know when you're sitting at home and some of y'all watch TV, some of y'all don't, but you see an advertisement on TV or something that you like, you go up, run out, and go get it. Let it be a sale or something going on. You, you there. Because that's where your heart is. You heard it and you reply. Faith come by hearing. Let us not deceive ourselves. We have one of the best preachers here at this church. It would be a shame if anybody in here opened their eyes up in hell. That, that would not be his fault. You have deceived yourself if that occurred. The thing is, it's not just his word that we have to worry about. But it's every word that we speak. In the book of Matthew, it says, but I say unto you that every idle word that man shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. We got to weigh our words around here, saints. We have to weigh our words. Be slow to speak. Because every idle word, you know, when you, oh, I didn't mean to say that. That's in the book. And you're going to have to give an account. You're going to have to stand before a holy God. You're going to have to stand before Jesus Christ who had no guile in his mouth and explain to him why you did what you did and why you said what you said. I don't know about child, but that, that right there, Lord, search me. Hallelujah. Like, like uh, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The prophet asked the angel to take one of them coals off the altar and touch my mouth. I'm a man of unclean lips and dwell among the people with unclean lips. Oh, hallelujah. In 2 Corinthians, Paul says, therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come. Who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness. And will make manifest the counsels of the hearts. And then shall every man have praise of God. How many know we wrestle not against flesh and blood? If somebody offends you, let God deal with them. If somebody spit venom at you, pray for them. Pray for your enemies. Pray for those who, who, who come at you sideways or you, you looking like... I thought everybody, you know, I learned quick growing up in church. Everybody in church ain't got the Holy Ghost. I know I said ain't, but do not have the Holy Ghost. That, that, that's, that was shocking because I knew it was real. And I'm thinking, how can somebody be in here playing? How can somebody speak in tongues and come out and turn right back around, double tongue, and, and almost cuss you out? If not, cuss you Clean out. But you got to pray for that person. Pray for them. And don't lash back out. Ask God to deal with them. Ask God that the, have, let them have a heart of repentance before they have they turn before the judge. There's a lot of people that's in the church that have a problem with forgiveness. And that's one of them hard things again. You say, I'm over it. I'm over it. I, I forgive them. And I'm, I'm one of them people, I believe, if you forgive people, don't mean that you have to enable them. You know, I, I'm, I'm one of them people, you, you can forgive people. And uh, I told, I was having a discussion with my wife one time. Thank God we don't have these issues, but if, if somebody go over an in-law's house and the in-law treat that wife or spouse bad and cuss and fight and want to, you know, just raise all type of havoc, 
You can forgive them for it, but that don't mean you have to keep going over there. Y'all know that, right? You don't have to enable people to keep hurting you. All right, that, that's the Lord give us wisdom, my wife said. The Lord gives us wisdom. Amen. But in Romans it says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. It is written, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And I'm looking, sometimes I need forgiveness. I might say something, I might do something, might came off the wrong way to offend somebody. And I, will, I want you to forgive me, please do. And the Bible tells us, Jesus told Peter, how many, he asked, Peter asked Jesus, how many times shall I forgive my brother? 70 times 7? See, the problem is that us being just human beings, we can only judge the fruit. We can only judge the product or the people's actions. We don't have the ability to look in that person's heart to see why they did what they did or what the reason why. But God can. That's not our job. Our job is to look inside our own selves. And that's big enough of a job by itself. That's, that's a, a, a job in itself. James give us analogy as the word being a mirror to examine ourselves. I thank God for a pastor. I have three kids. And I live all I know how to live in front of them. I have my wife. Try to be a good example. And, and, and that's hard. That's sometimes it gets hard. But I can only imagine having hundreds of people that lean on you emotionally and spiritually. I thank God for a pastor, but we can look to him for an example. But I follow him as he follow Christ. That's why I, I can tell the way he preach and teach. He's in the word. He don't come up here with a lot of gimmicks and, you know, you know, throw some money at my feet, going to get a new car, turn around and your blessings coming, you know. You don't ask for all our money. Some of y'all need to go home and rip that mattress up and get that nest sag down here. And then y'all get a house. Let's build this house first, and then y'all get a house. I thank God for a pastor like that. Because there's pastors like that on every corner. On every corner. I thank God for a pastor that has a heart for God's people. And I want to let y'all know, I don't, I'm not standing before you. I'm telling you to examine yourselves. I'm not saying that we have a work salvation. I'm not saying that you have to, you know, a lot of people look at judgment and think that God is going to put all your bad works on one scale, then all your good works on another scale, and just let it balance out like it's some type of game show. And everybody looking and see which way it leans. But how many thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ that covers all sin? And the grace of the Lord. In Ephesians 2, it tells us, For grace you are saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. And not of works. That's any shabos. A lot of people stop there. But in the 10th verse, it says, For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. Unto good works which God hath before ordained that we, as a church, as his body, created in Christ Jesus, that we should walk in them. Good works. If you're not doing good works, you are outside of the will of God. You are outside of what God ordained and created you for. If you're not doing good works, you're not saved by them, but you're ordained to do them. Titus says, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and rarely lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. In this present world. 
Some people preach that, oh, the sanctification will take place when we be changed. Now, we got to be sanctified now of the filthiness of his flesh and spirit. Amen? James asks us, what does it profit, my brother? Though a man say that he hath faith and hath not works, can faith save him? Do you think if the Lord told Noah it's going to rain, it's going to rain, go build a boat, gave him the measurements, gave him the dimensions, gave him the supplies, if Noah said, okay, yeah, I believe that, and don't do, build the boat, do you think that would have saved him? If God would have kept saying, it's going to rain, it's going to rain, it's going to rain, yeah, amen, I believe that, and not build that boat, he would have drowned too. Amen. That's how sanctification works. It's, it's, the, Jesus tells us the last days is going to be like the days of Noah. Some of us, we need to build that boat. We got to build that boat. And, and by the measurements, not by what we feel or what we think, but by these measurements, you will sink. Will faith alone save you? Even so, if it have not works, it's dead, being alone. In Philippians it says, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. A lot of people say, I want God to work in my life. I want to be used of God. I want to be in God's will. Good works. Good works. And John says, 1 John 3, 7 and 10, it said, Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil. I, I, that, that's in y'all Bible. Y'all hear me? He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning, for this is the, this is the purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might distort the works of the devil. Now, let me, I want to clarify something right there. It said, he that committeth. It doesn't say he that commits sin. We all fall short. But he that committeth, that's a continuation. It, to continue in sin, he's of the devil. I, 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 it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a verse of scripture in Proverbs where wisdom was telling them that I've beckoned unto you, called unto you, try to get your attention by all means, but you didn't hear, so when your calamity come, I'm going to laugh at you. There's a lot of people that play church. And, and I know I'm not contradicting myself here when I say this. Listen, I know a lot of people say, the Bible say, judge not lest ye be judged. But if you keep reading on that same chapter, it tells you to take the beam out your brother's eye, but make sure yours is out first. Amen? If I go to a tree to see if it's an apple or an orange or a cherry, I have to make judgment to distinguish between the two. But the Bible tells us to make righteous judgment. There's a lot of people that committeth sin over and over and over. And I'm, I, and I'm not the pastor here. I'm not saying we should put them out, <laughs> call them up, put them out, and church keep rolling. But we pray for those. Because the Bible say, take heed lest ye fall. But we know that he that is, whosoever is born of God, do not commit sin. For his seed remaineth in him. And he cannot sin because he is born of God. And in this children of God are manifested. And the children of the devil, whosoever doeth not righteousness, is not of God. Neither he 
that loveth not his brother. I see a lot of, I'm, I'm, I'm 32 years old, not that old, but I've been in church, around the church all my life. I see a lot of people growing age-wise, but not mature. I've seen people, kids, get big and big and big, but they still act like they this big. Just because you have growth don't mean you have maturity. We have to be mature, saints. The thing that God is trying to do here in this local church, we have to be mature to handle that. There's a lot of souls that's coming in. We can't be hating our brother. We can't have no division amongst each other. We have to say the same thing. Amen? Being in Pentecost, I've seen the hand of God. How many have seen the hand of God work in church? I'm talking about miracles. I'm talking about miracles. I've seen the dead raised. I've seen God open unstopped ears. And I've seen, not that stuff you see on TV, but people get out of wheelchairs by the prayer of faith. And me seeing all those things makes me more accountable than some other people. I was reading in Matthew, the 11th chapter. Jesus began to abrade the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done. Say the apostolic church. Where most of his mighty works was done because they repented not. Woe unto thee, Chorazin. Woe unto thee, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre or Sodom, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sodom at the day of judgment than you and thou Capernaum, which art exalted unto the heaven, shall be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee have been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. That's a level of accountability. What I get out of this, I looked and I examined myself. I mean, what opportunities did I have? Because Sodom and Tyre and Sodom didn't get the opportunities that Chorazin and Capernaum got. But Jesus said if it did, they would have remained to this day. Some of y'all hear so much truth and see so much power. And don't you know it's the goodness of God that leadeth us to repentance. We see all these things and we still go back. We, we come one way and go back out the same way. We have to stay repented up, y'all. We have to examine ourselves. How many know God is real? God is real. I'm closing. I'm not going to be before you too much longer, but I'm closing. It says in Matthew, Jesus say. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon his throne of glory. I'm not going to read all this, but it talks about the sheep and him separating the goats from the sheep. And he tells the sheep to enter into his kingdom, and the goats get cast out in everlasting darkness. All of our works will be tried by fire. As saints, it will be tried by fire. I looked at that and I, I, I studied and I read and I said, well, Lord, this fire. You talk about judgment and fire. That, that's, that sounds a lot like hell. And the Bible says we're not appointed to wrath. So I looked and I said, what is this fire that's going to try our works? And I read in the book of Revelation, it says, and I turned to see the voice that spoke to me. And being turned, I saw seven candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with garments down to the foot, and girded about the paps with a golden girdle. 
His head and his hair was, were white like wool and as white as snow. And his eyes were as flames as fire. It's a song to say, when I see Jesus, amen. But when Jesus see you, that fire, that, that look in his eyes is going to examine everything you've done. It's going to try everything you've done and said. Since the age of accountability, that, that goes way back. But I heard the song say, he's mighty to save. Because if, if, if we was to go off of our record, who could stand? Who would be able to stand in his presence if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus Christ? I got good news this, this evening. The same one who's going to judge you, who's going to sit on that throne, is your advocate too. It's your lawyer. He's the prosecutor. He's the judge. You, I got a fix tonight. I don't think I understand. We got a fix. We're going to stand before Jesus. And yes, we have to give an account. We have to say, but I, 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 I'll just imagine in my mind when God going to say guilty, Jesus going to say, hold on. He's been down in my name. I paid the price for that soul. He belongs to me. Oh, hallelujah. In the book of Revelation, it mentioned throne 35 times. Most of the times you see around the throne rainbows, thundering, lightning, singing, praising, even promises and intercession. Hallelujah. Even intercession. But at the great white throne judgment, all that cease. There's no more prayer, no more singing, no more intercession. It's you and God. Don't wait to that point to try to get it right. I'm talking to St. Sin Center this evening. Do not wait to that point to try to get it right. It's, 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 it's over. I read in my Bible, it says, let us therefore... Come boldly unto the throne of grace. Hallelujah. To the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. If you're living in the flesh, I don't know if you, I don't care if you're two or 82, you have a fight on your hands. You're going to need help. You're going to need mercy. Don't cover your sin. If you cover your sin, you will, you will suffer loss. But if you confess and forsake, he's faithful and just to forgive you. You know, it's the way that he came down. The Bible says he came down 42 generations down through the volume of the book to reconcile man back to himself. It's, his, it's not his will that any shall perish. God has made the provisions. It's an old song to say, what more can he do? He laid the foundation and opened up the way. What more can he do? I'm opening up the altars tonight. Examine yourself. Examine yourself. Keep yourself under the microscope to prepare for the great examination. I looked and at the definition of examination, different definitions came up, but as one that said, as a witness in court is questioned or probed, that's an examination. We are called to be witnesses. And one day we have to stand in court and give an account. We're going to be cross-examined. And I pray that we have the same answer. God, I did your will. I fed you when you was hungry. I clothed you when you was naked. I came and visited you when you was in prison. I loved my brother. 
I supported my church. I supported my pastor. I didn't sow any discord amongst the brother. I didn't have any hidden iniquities and lust in my heart. I didn't go run around on my wife. I didn't beat on my wife. I provided for my family. But overall, I was a saint of God, a light for a dark world. I'm opening up the altar. We have to examine ourselves in prayer. Call upon him. Ask him for help. Go boldly. Come boldly before his throne of grace. One day all the singing is going to wrap up. The intercessory prayer is going to wrap up. The thunder, the rainbow, all that is going to wrap up. And it's going to be you and God. Get it right now. Get it right now. My grandfather used to say, if, if you save, stay saved. And if you ain't, get saved. Time is winding up, saints. We see the day approaching. We see what's going on in this world. Examine yourself. I want to hear him say, well done. Well done. Well done. Thy good and faithful servant. How can he say well done if you don't do well? Hallelujah. Well done. Thy good and faithful servant. I trust that you got a word tonight. Thank God for your attention. Thank God that you was out here tonight. I look at y'all as family. I know I'm not Brother Urshan, but I thank God for your attention. And I pray that I said something to help tonight. God bless. In Jesus' name. Let's all stand tonight, could we, in the presence of the Lord? Hallelujah. Could we lift our hands to heaven right now? And let's sing and begin to worship the Lord for just a moment. And let's entertain what has been spoken tonight. Hallelujah. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. And Savior, He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation. And he rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Singing, Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to 